Welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts, a live bi-weekly show to help you know what to do and what's new in digital marketing for 2021 and beyond. Ask questions, suggest topics, and grow faster with actionable insights and proven strategies from the world's leading experts. everybody, and welcome to Digital Marketing Intelligence, Ask the Experts. My name is Marissa Morgan. I'll be your show host today, and I'm also the Business Development Manager at Engage. On behalf of myself and the entire team behind me, well, not literally, but yes, there is an entire team behind me at Engage. We produce this weekly show. On behalf of everybody, I want to welcome you to today's show. Today's topic, we're talking about social media strategies for 2022 and we may have a little bit of a focus today talking about startups and small businesses. Our guest is a celebrated author. He's a keynote speaker and a social media marketing expert. And he's here with us for the next 45 minutes to provide all of his insights and experience. Be sure to stick around after today's talk with our guest expert. I'll also share with you our Engage Digital Marketing News of the Week. Every single week, we bring to you a tip, a trend, a piece of news in the digital marketing world. And today, it's all about e-commerce. So you're not going to want to miss that. Be sure to stick around for our Engage Digital Marketing News at the end of today's talk. A quick reminder, if you're not familiar with Engage, what are you waiting for? Our platform is free forever. We offer you over 35 free forever tools to help you grow and scale your business. Today, the world is so competitive in the marketplace, and the best way to retain loyal, happy customers is to improve their customer experience. So after today's show, if you haven't already, check out ngagge.com, where you can find our free forever suite of premium, tool, premium tools to optimize your customer experience and to grow and scale your business. Also, if you're interested in working on creating content, we all know that content is a great way to reach unlimited leads. Live streaming is a big thing right now, and we're offering to help you get your live stream or your podcast off the ground. So if you'd like more information on how to do that, we can help you. Check out www.engagelive.com. We have two different offerings for you. We can either teach you how to do your own live stream, just like ours, on a weekly or monthly basis, or we can do it for you. We can produce it and do it for you. We can even provide you with a moderator or a host like myself if you want to have some sort of an interview style to your live stream. All right, you guys, speaking of live streams, I just got to note that there seems to be an issue on Facebook's end. And right now we are not streaming to Facebook and it's because of Facebook. Well, thanks a lot, Facebook. I'll say thank you to Facebook and that's okay because we're really focused right now on LinkedIn Live. And I know many of you are joining us, I see on LinkedIn Live. So I want to welcome you to today's show. Be sure to drop us a note, a comment, or a question during today's show. We are interactive. We are live right now. And that being said, let me introduce you to today's special guest expert. He is joining us all the way from Irvine, California, a city I know very well and spent a lot of time in not too long ago. His name is Neil Schaefer. 
If you don't know who Neil is, you need to. Through his marketing agency, PDCA Social, but he's also really going by Neil Schaefer. Uh, and you can find more at neilschaefer.com. Neil consults and trains businesses, large and small, through their digital transformation of sales and marketing. And he also helps them develop and execute social media marketing strategies, influencer marketing programs, and social selling initiatives. He also teaches digital media to executives at Rutgers Business School and the Irish Management Institute in Ireland. He teaches at, a, at another university in Finland, but I won't even try to pronounce the name of that university. Maybe he can do that when he comes on because Neil speaks many languages, English just being the first one. He's also fluent in Japanese and Mandarin Chinese. And he has been invited to speak about digital media and a plethora of digital media topics on four different continents. Three more to go, Neil, and in over a dozen countries, and now on Digital Marketing Intelligence, the series produced by Engage. He is the author of three incredible books on social media. We'll talk about one today called Maximize Your Social. And The Age of Influence is another one that helps educate on the market and why and how every business should leverage the potential of influencer marketing. Please join our conversation. I am broadcasting live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Neil's on the West Coast bright and early in Irvine, California. And we would love to hear any questions or comments you may have for myself or for Neil. Neil, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for being today's guest expert. Hey, thank you so much for the kind introduction. It's an honor to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. And I know we connected quite a while ago and we were excited to have you on the show because obviously you have a very, very intense, uh, very well-developed and uh, a background with a lot of experience, not only in consulting, but really helping businesses with their social media marketing strategy, you know, how to come up with it, but also how to implement it. And I know we wanted this conversation to be really off the cuff. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to just fire away some questions for you. Oh, let's do it. Okay. Well, first and foremost, before I get into some of the, the meat and potatoes of today's talk, I would love to know, and I know our audience would too, just a little bit about what led you to the world of social media marketing and really making that your niche. Sure. So... Uh, my background is actually in B2B sales before social media. Uh, and I always had a corporate job and it was really the last downturn for those that remember in 2008, 2009. It just at that time I was, I, I spent the beginning of my career in Asia. That's why I know those languages. And I was back in the United States. I was in transition for the first time in the United States. And I was leveraging this new tool called LinkedIn to try to find a job like so many did back then and so many continue to do. But because of my sales background, I realized that it could become a really, really powerful networking tool. Um, LinkedIn back then, the groups were more like Facebook groups. They were true communities where you could you know, meet and engage with people. They had their own Quora functionality called LinkedIn Answers, like a Q&A forum, which was great. And I was hyperactive to the point where I began to answer a lot of questions on that Q&A forum and get a lot of great responses. And it was really when I found my job that I decided that I was going to launch a blog so that I could continue to network 24 seven virtually. And if you've been in B2B sales, it's it's you know it's all about networking. It's all about relationships and um, you never know where your leads come from. So it was really that unique perspective on LinkedIn that led me to see it as a business tool, not as a personal 
business networking site like many people thought it was. And that, you know, it began with the blog, which in 2009 converted into my first book, which in 2010 converted into all these companies wanting to uh, get my help with their social media marketing. And um, since launching my company in January 2010, I haven't looked back. Well, I know you've been a busy guy. I mean, four continents, that's impressive. Three books, impressive. And you really have helped a lot of different companies of all sizes with their strategy and the implementation. I think the first question I want to ask you is, can you share some of the problems that you, you know, witnessed or experienced through your consulting firm that really prevented companies from being successful at creating their social media strategy? And then the problems that they had really implementing it. Because there's really two pieces. There's creating the, the social media strategy, and then there's the implementation. What were some of the problems that you saw that companies had that prevented them from success? I think these are problems that companies still have, hmm. but they think because of social media, because of influencer marketing, because of LinkedIn, because of TikTok, they can achieve why. And it really doesn't work that way in, in the realm of digital and, and social media. Um, it begins with really understanding what are the objectives. And I would start with, well, what are your corporate objectives? What, as a business, are you trying to do this year? And really marketing should align with that. And everything you do in social media from a marketing perspective should align with that as well. So that's really where we begin. Uh, and you know, every company is different. If you're a startup or a small business, you probably want to get more visibility. You want to get more website traffic. You want to get more people in your store. Uh, that's a very natural one. But for more developed businesses, it may not be as crystal clear. So I think that's you know uh, something that obviously without that objective and just assuming that social can do this or that or TikTok can do this or that without really understanding the objective. And then, okay, well, in order to meet that objective, here is our strategy and here's how we're going to measure that and knowing that it needs to always be optimized it's you know the search engine results of today are going to be different than they were a year ago the news feed and then you're giving social media changes all the time depending on the person so mm -hmm. i think the other mistake is it's not a set you know set it and forget it type of operation it's something that continually needs to be measured and needs to be optimized and you know tools and processes need to be in place to do that. And speaking of processes, I'd say that's sort of the third, you know, beginning with lack of objectives, lack of this sort of measurement and optimization that that's required, that mindset. And the third one is really, um, you know, going further with the mindset is, okay, now we know we need to do this, but they don't end up implementing. And once again, it comes down to process, right? It comes down to, okay, well, in order to achieve this strategy, we need to be active, uh, engaging. And a lot of that comes down to creating content. And that's, probably the fourth struggle uh, that companies have in the actual implementation is just not enough content um, mm -hmm. in, in order or not enough good content in order to be active and truly engaging in social. So I'd say those are the four big areas over the last decade to generalize things, uh, the places where companies normally struggle. And it's funny because our, our uh, weekly show, we really look at all aspects of digital marketing and there are some topics that we revisit again and again because they are areas that businesses struggle with. I think it's great that you said social media is not a set it and forget it because I think a lot of people think all I have to do is make it, get it out there, and, and leads will come. And we all know that that's not the case at all. There's so much that has to go into 
basically optimizing your content, making sure it's in the right place, being consistent with your content, and obviously creating new content as well. And I know you mentioned um, auditing your own kind of social media program. And I think I want to talk about that again a little bit later. Well, I know that the framework of your social media strategy and process is really the basis of your book, Maximize Your Social, which is available right now. You guys can get it on Amazon. Um, I'd love for you, and I know this is your book and it's an entire book and we have a short time together, but I would love to kind of dive into just a couple of your insights, if you will, and share some things with our audience and one of those things I'd love for you to share is maybe some of the trends that you see right now happening and really permeating social media. What are some of the things in your experience that are really big trends happening right now in social media and that you think will be a bigger deal even in 2022? Yeah. So disclaimer, the Maximize Your Social was written back in 2013. Now, while I still stand behind the concepts because the whole purpose was this is an evergreen concept of, of creating the strategy and measuring. There are some chapters like the one on Google Plus that you probably want to skip. Um, but nevertheless, uh, in 2020, I, I wrote another book called The Age of Influence. And, and Marissa mm -hmm. and I, we were talking about, do we want to talk about you know social media marketing strategy or talk about influencer marketing? I have come to the conclusion that there's a lot of similarities, that it's very, very hard for businesses to get traction and visibility today. Now, back in 2013, it was a little bit easier. Um, Facebook business pages still had more visibility. Um, you know, you could still generate more traffic from links, but over the last few years, social networks have realized that in order to generate more revenue, they need to invite more advertisers. And in order to have more advertisers, they need more people staying on the site longer and they don't want people to go off the site. And mm -hmm. so over the last five years, talking about trends, we've just seen the dwindling, not only of visibility, but I would argue, also argue the amount of traffic that comes from social media in terms of like, you know, link traffic, it's probably on the decrease, you know, and on aggregate as well. So what this means, I believe for companies, for startups and small businesses listening is, is two things. Number one, I think we're going back to this traditional advertising model. So billboards don't have links on them. Yet, if you see a billboard long enough, you're going to go to the store and buy it. And I think we almost need to treat social media the same way. We need to be out there. We need, and, and obviously today, the best way to get visibility is through short form video. You know, Instagram, I, I recently signed up Instagram because I have a creator account. They're paying me potentially $800 just to publish reels and get views on them. No social network has ever paid people to post content. Now there used to be, uh, I'm going to geek out here, Marissa, I don't know if you remember, there was a social network called TSU. T -S -U. No, yeah. I thought you were going to go to my space, but I'm thinking, no, I don't think that's where no. he's going, but no. TSU was sort of revolutionary. It's when we had Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and then Google plus came out and there was a little bit of disruption with Google plus. And then Sue came out and said that we're going to share advertising revenue with the users. So the more traffic you bring to your profile and your content, the more advertising revenue we get, we're going to share that with you. And that was an interesting concept, which didn't last long, um, but it was, you know, for a lot of influencers, it was very exciting. But, you know, today it's pretty clear. Social networks need content and they need influencers to create content and they will pay for that. TikTok actually was the first one to launch this creator fund, which other social networks have now emulated. So that's what it comes down to. And they're not just picking any content. It's short form video. It's, there's so much time spent. If you think about, because I'm a, 
I'm a Gen Xer. I don't know about you, Marissa. I don't, I don't like to call people on ages, uh, you know, publicly. So, but I'm a Gen Xer and I can remember all the time we spent watching TV, which over the last 20 years, we had YouTube now competing with that and Netflix, what have you, but ask a younger generation and they are probably on TikTok more than they watch TV in all honesty. And that we is just how kneel. popular short, yeah, that's how popular short form videos have become. And it's yeah. not just Instagram reels. It's not just TikTok. It's also YouTube. YouTube has YouTube mm -hmm. shorts. That's where the visibility is today. And if you want to get the most visibility in social media, that's the sort of content. And if you can't do short form content, you start with long form content. Love the fact, Marissa, that Engage is providing the ability to, to you know, manage your live stream. From live stream, you can repurpose video content because mm -hmm. video is going to outperform any other type of content pretty much in social media. So that that's a big shift for small businesses and startups. Like we finally got the, the hang of social media. We're posting, you know, blog post links and we're posting photos. It's like, uh-uh, we have to take it one step further. So in parallel, I'll just, I'll stop talking one more minute, Marissa, but in parallel- Oh, no, you're fine. You're here to talk, Neil. You're good. Yeah, towards short form video is, you know, when I wrote The Age of Influence, I realized the other way that businesses can get visibility in social media is not through themselves, it's through the voices of others. That if businesses lack the visibility in news feeds, people don't, right? People rule social media. Social media was made for people, not for businesses. Mm -hmm. So it's in collaborating with people. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, my book, The Age of Influence, isn't about paying millions of dollars to the Kardashians, you know, for, you know, for a drop on a, on a uh, Instagram reel. Um, it's more of looking at the fact that there's a lot of people that have influence that someone with 500 followers on Instagram might have more influence than your Instagram business page of 5,000 followers because of how much visibility their content gets. And when you find people that have very, very niche communities, they don't have to have a lot of followers to have impact for your business. If you're a local business, those are you know active people locally that share similar interests. And I go further and say, what about your customers? What about your followers? What about your employees? And I believe that true influencer marketing is reaching out to those that have influence, but ideally those that have some brand affinity with you of finding those people. And if you don't have people with brand affinity because you're a startup or you're a very small business, social media today is not about advertising or promotion. It's about networking. It's about relationships. It is an incredible place to meet people, right? Mm -hmm. And the just seeding potential influencers with gifts. You know, um, just the other day, there's a new, uh, uh, it's called like the row house. It's a rowing sort of fitness club. Hey, Neil, we'd love to invite you in, you know, no strings attached, come in. Um, you know, maybe it's like a $60 trial lesson that they're giving away for free. But if I go, I just might post that on Instagram. Right. And it's a small price to pay. So the net net is I'd rather you invest money in people than in the big bank accounts of Facebook. <laughs> or Google, or LinkedIn. So those are the two things. And, and I think they go together. You know, my, my daughter, I have a 16-year-old daughter. She's a junior in high school. She says, Daddy, do you know that most, <laughs> out of the blue, she's like, do you know that most brands now have Gen Z running their TikToks because boomers don't know how to do it? And I have to correct my daughter. She thinks everyone over the age of 30 is a, is a baby boomer. And I have to tell her that, you know, <laughs> it's not that way. But, uh, but nevertheless, it, it's similar when Snapchat came out. All these brands let all these influencers take over their account like mm -hmm. the Logan Pauls, the Jake Pauls, we're seeing something very similar. It's very hard for businesses, especially for startups and small businesses to make that sort of content. It's a great time to collaborate with other people. And even if they're not an influencer, but they create great content to actually hire them, right? To create your content and to help you out. 
So I think, you know, today, um, that's the big takeaway. I have a mastermind community and one of my members, he is out of New Zealand and he is a bicycle part manufacturer. And he created this unique bicycle handle made of bamboo huh. and realized that it is more stable and gives a more comfortable ride than any other handlebar. It's a $200 handlebar every day, him and his daughter, they go through Instagram, they go through YouTube, they go through blocks. They just look for people that are really into bicycles that, you know, publish a lot of content about bicycles. They reach out to them and they offer it for free, right? It's $200, but it's going to people with five, 10, 25,000 YouTube subscribers, Instagram followers. And he has literally built a business out of doing just that, that influencer marketing using social media, obviously, but that has been his primary marketing channel. And I think that's something that every startup and small business listening I think that's really the key. Now, if you have someone on your staff that is a content creator, leverage them as your internal influencer. Uh, I have a podcast called Your Digital Marketing Coach, and I just published an episode yesterday uh, with a guy named Kyle Kacheka. I always pronounce his, wrong, pronounce his last name wrong. But he works at ClickBank, who are the oldest and probably the biggest affiliate marketing company. He is sort of the face of ClickBank in social media. He runs their podcast. When I went to uh, ClickBank's Twitter feed, they had a video of him. And, you know, he's a business development manager, right? But he's become the face because he gets how these technologies works. He doesn't mind being in front of people. And the company can leverage his personal branding for their benefit. So that's that's another possible way. If you have that type of employee, that's another sort of formula you can use. But yeah, you that's the way you need to think about social media today. Short form video or video in general and influencers and influencers with brand affinity and if not seed the market make new friends um and that's how you spend your advertising money and i think when you invest in people it the roi is long term when you have that advertising campaign on facebook when it's turned off it's off right people mm -hmm. remember and you never know when that is going to reap uh, a lot of benefits for you. So even though I know today we were going to talk about social media marketing, Marissa, I knew that influencer marketing would come in um, for that reason. And in fact, I would say instead of creating your own content, if enough people talk about you on social media, you can leverage their content. You can have a 100% user-generated content strategy like the Ritz-Carlton's, like all these Disneyland, like all these big brands have. That's really the ideal. So instead of creating, spending time and money creating content, you spend time and money cultivating relationships. Relationships. And, you know, I can speak from experience. There's a few brands that I work with that I create content for. And I enjoy the process. So to me, um, I'm getting paid to do what I love. And in return, what you just spoke of, a company gets, you know, unlimited photos or videos or short form pieces that they can turn around and use and if you're pairing with the right influencers, I'm glad we're talking about this actually, because I love this topic, but if you're pairing with the right influencers who genuinely are in line with your values, it is going to be a strong relationship. And that influencer is likely to talk up your business even when they're not doing these videos for you. So as you mentioned, this idea of building relationships and networks goes you know, far beyond the 30 second cute TikTok they made for you. Because if they're getting product from you or they really believe in the brand, they are going to say, hey, mom, you got to try this skincare product or, hey, check out what this company is doing. They're super, you know, eco friendly and they use less packaging and, you know, the benefits end up just kind of coming off, rolling off the tongue really in their normal everyday interactions, which is a, a bonus really. So one thing we spoke about in a past show, Neil, 
is. And Marissa, maybe before, before you go to that, I just, I want to add one more comment to that. Sure. Um, I had the aha moment. This was like five or six years ago. So my agency is now a consultancy, but when I had my agency, uh, I, you know, part of the business I did was influencer marketing campaign. So before Instagram was really big, mommy bloggers were the big thing. And it was actually a company that created uh, a baby health related product. So we were targeting mommy bloggers with, you know, with kids from anywhere from six months to like two years. And the idea was that when people do a search for the product, they want user generated content to show up. Hmm. They want like lots of blogs to be talking about the product. Which right. makes sense. That was the whole idea. But what I noticed was that within the blog post, some of the bloggers were creating this amazing photographic content. And this content was way better than anything that the corporate headquarters could create and these stock photo-ish looking model shoots, right? Right, and, right. And that to me was when I realized at the end of the day, influencers, they become influential because they create content. They're content creators. So even if they don't amplify your content or have lots of followers, just the fact that they can create content that resonates with social media users way better than you can, that alone is intrinsic value, right? So I'm glad you brought that up, Marissa. And I talk about that in my book. And that's that's a great way, you know, to reach out to an influence and say, hey, we wanna, we wanna hire you for our next photo shoot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, money speaks. And at the end of the day, influencers want to monetize their influence, but you get great content out of it. And guess what? That content, not only for social media, but we know that user-generated content for advertising in your shopping cart, all it, it converts better everywhere because it truly resonates with people. So don't forget about that point. A hundred percent. You you really just um, really emphasize something that we talk about at our company a lot at Engage and, and with many of our guests on the show. We talk about how people connect with people. They don't connect with brands or logos. So when you're giving an influencer the power of uh, speech, the power of visuals, the power of creativeness, and and that showcased to their community, and your brand happens to be a part of that. It's um, it's really a win win on on so many different levels. So this is so this is so interesting to me because it's funny if you think about it, Neil. Ten years ago, we would have said, "What's a social media an influencer?" Like, say what? And now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the term is actually thrown around so much. It's almost a little cliche. Sometimes in the news, it's like, oh, social influencer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are they really an influencer or does their boyfriend just take photos of them in the backyard in cute outfits? Hey, I guess that's up for, you know. They bought lots of fake followers and fake engagement to prop yeah, them up. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I hear you. So, it's interesting, but hey, there's a lot of people out there who wants want some validity, so I'm not going to argue with that. It's fine. Um, one thing I'd love to talk about quickly, and you did mention this at the beginning of, of our show, is this idea that businesses can kind of audit their own social media campaigns or, or what they have going on in social media. How can businesses audit their own um, social media programs, Neil? Yeah. So I, I talk about this. Now we're going to go back to maximize your social. And this is one of the first things that I do when I would do a social media strategy consulting project, which is the, the book is really to help you create your own strategy. But one of the first things I do is, okay, who are your competitors? Right. And you do competitive research. Now, before social media or before the internet, competitive research was really hard to do. You had like, I don't know, Hoover's and DMB and these big like corporate databases that did not tell you much information. But with social media, what's really fascinating is we can see what content, everything that our competitors are publishing, we can see who they engage with 
we can see who they follow. We can see who follows them. So there's a treasure trove of information. And I start there because I want to know, I, I believe in the concept of standing on the shoulders of giants. Don't reinvent the wheel, right? If you are a newcomer in a well-established industry, there are, and we have 10 competitors, that's 10 VPs of marketing. That's 10 budgets that have already been spent trying to figure out where your customers are. And, and therefore, if they're not on Pinterest, don't go on Pinterest. But if all of them are on LinkedIn and they're, that's where they have their most followers, you probably got to strategically you know, be there too. Um, so mm -hmm. just in terms of which social network to be on, that is one very, very strong signal that I look at. In terms of content, that's another strong. So what are our competitors publishing? What And we can see what, what type of content do they get a lot of engagement on, right? And these become KPIs. These become sort of like baseline metrics because we want to outperform them. Now, one metric I use like number of followers. So, you know, if we're new and they have 10,000 followers, we have a hundred followers, we're never going to get to 10,000 overnight, but can we at least increase our follower growth rate? Can, can we increase faster than they can? Probably. Right. Um, can we get more average engagement per post for instance? So these are things, and, and really at the end of, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, you want to be positioned where at least from your social media metrics perspective, you are doing as good as your competitors. That's really the idea here. And it, it, it shows with the metrics. But the other reason why the audit's so important is you need to understand what content resonates with people. This is never ending, right? Uh, what days of the week, what times of the day, what content formats, what you know, content subject, uh, all these different things. And the algorithm is always changing. Sometimes, you know, over the course of the last decade, there was a time when Facebook really pushed photos in the feed and then they just pushed mm -hmm. status updates. And then they push live stream and everything out of notification. And now you don't see those notifications anymore. So it's, you know, it's sort of all over the place and that affects things. And that, that's why it's really important, just like SEO, that you need to be constantly monitoring this and always putting your best foot forward to get the maximum visibility and the maximum engagement and the maximum traffic for your content. That's a really good point that you just brought up, Neil, because I think that's one thing, even from a personal place or personal standpoint that people struggle with is constantly understanding how the changes are affecting their visibility. So you can imagine that's a huge thing for companies as well. Um, I have actually found that often if I just Google, you know, like changes on Instagram or how do I do this on Instagram now, there's so many great tutorials, which is very, very helpful just from a personal standpoint. So I think this is even more of a reason, kind of going back to the influencer thing, that companies get so much when they do invest in the influencer type of programming because many of these influencers are now doing this for a living. So they are so well-versed whenever changes are happening. They are on top of the trends so that there is really no... Um, there's no lag time for influencers. I mean, they take it very seriously and that can ultimately save a company a lot of time and resources as well. Their, their experience and their wisdom. Yeah. I, I've talked about this recently on my podcast, but uh, I give the example Pinterest. So Pinterest has always driven a lot of traffic to my site, um, just educational, digital and social media marketing content. And I've noticed over the last six months with every month it dwindles. And before that it was like steady growth, right? Okay. So when you keep on doing the same thing, platforms do change. And what's happened over the course of six months is Pinterest is emphasizing more video pins mm -hmm. as well as content from the creators of, of story pins or idea pins is what they call them. And if I was like this Pinterest guru, 
right? I would have, I would have known that, right? And I would have been able to see that and start to create this. Other but that's sort of what happens. We're in this really interesting period where all the social networks are really mixing things up, um, trying mm -hmm. to survive, you know, Twitter with Twitter spaces and like, you know, the tip jar, um, you know, LinkedIn is trying different things as well to remain relevant. So you really need to be auditing your performance, you know, at a minimum, a quarterly basis, just to mm -hmm. see if what you're doing is actually working. If it's not, why? And that's where you begin to uncover a lot of aha moments that can really help skyrocket what you do. So now if I start doing idea pins, video pins, I know I'm going to be way ahead of the pack because most companies still aren't there because these are newer forms of content that they're mm -hmm. not used to creating on Pinterest, for example. Very, very nice. Neil, I would love to share with our audience where they can connect with you because I think that you have so much to offer in the way of you know coaching and strategy. Uh, author of three books. Are you open to your, our audience connecting with you on LinkedIn? Oh, absolutely. You guys can find Neil at Neil Schaefer, N-E-A-L-S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. And then what can our audience find at neilschaefer.com? So I have a blog that I have been cultivating since 2008. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, almost 450 blog posts about anything and everything social and digital media marketing, uh, currently publishing four posts a week. So there's a lot of content, a lot of free stuff that you can get there. Um, it's also, you know, the main way that I help businesses is through a fractional CMO consulting uh, service that I offer, as well as this mastermind called Digital First. So you can find out more about that there. And you can also actually, if you go to podcast.neilshafer.com or just click on the podcast uh, menu item, you can get to my, your digital marketing coach podcast, which also has like over 200 episodes. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of interviews with, with thought leaders as well, where you can find a lot of great information. So I think just by going through my sites, uh, you can get quite the free education, uh, on a lot of things. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously if you have anything above and beyond that, or anything I talked about, you'd like to ask me about, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn and let's have a conversation. I love it. Um, Let's just really quickly before you uh, before I let you go talk about podcasting because I think that in the last couple of years podcasting has really grown so much. I don't actually have the statistics. I was looking at it the other day, um, but podcasting is a great way to create content. Do you have any tips from your own experience having launched a podcast successfully with over two hundred episodes under your belt? Do you have any tips for for maybe small businesses or startups out there who are thinking, "Hey, like a podcast would really be a great way for us to to get you know our name out there, our brand out there, or to you know get our message out to some potential leads?" So, a pod podcasting is really really interesting. First of all, a podcast could be as simple as Marissa, you taking the audio recording of this live stream and uploading it. And that's a podcast episode. And that's actually what a lot of podcasters do. I do interviews over Zoom, exact same thing. It's not live stream, but it, you know, you, you have a podcast editor that can clean things up, make it sound good. And then boom, it's a podcast episode. I think for small businesses, the attraction of a podcast is that a lot of people love to be featured on podcasts. A lot of people love to be interviewed. So a podcast gives you an excuse to reach out to other people, to reach out to influencers, to reach out to potential customers and say, hey, we just launched this podcast. Um, we know that you're an expert in the industry or we know that your company is doing great things. We'd love to interview you um, and you know, share your insight with our audience. And most people love those opportunities. 
it's it's really interesting. Um, but in my experience, I find podcasting as a networking vehicle mm-hmm. has as much, if not more value than it does as a marketing vehicle. And one of the reasons is that there's a lot of podcasts that are focused on interviews. Now I do, I used to have hundred percent solo episodes. Now I do like 40% interview, maybe 50% interview, 50% solo. But of any content medium that's focused on interviews, podcasting is the biggest. You sometimes see YouTube videos, you know, sometimes blogs, but podcasts, you know, they're almost primarily interviews. So that's just something to consider. If I was going to start a podcast and I'm a small business, I'm going to think really strategically and try to find a way to really um, bring together people that Mm -hmm. might have business value, whether potential customers, uh, potential employees, potential influencers in my community or in the industry. And that I think will become a very, very powerful vehicle for you. Absolutely. We agree with you that podcasting is a great way to network. Uh, We had a guest recently who shared that really podcasting is a chance to have that almost networking moment, you know, together on the show. And then when the show is over, if there was chemistry there, if you do feel like this is a great connection to uh, continue to work on, then that can happen organically after the show. And you're not really cold calling anybody. Um, So I thought that was a really unique take on podcasting. And I can see that you really agree with that. It's all about networking and building relationships. All of social media is, you know, I'd say all of digital media is that's my next book is on that very topic, the analog approach to digital marketing. So stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, it, 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 you know, the concept of relationship is a very, very powerful one. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that, you know, digital and social tends to sort of dehumanize us. There's lots Mm -hmm. of tools out there. We can automate things, but actually the more real, the more human, the more emotional you are, the more impact you're going to have. And hopefully that's a good parting advice for our listeners. That's perfect. You guys check out Neil's books. You can find Maximize Your Social and also The Age of Influence, both on Amazon. Neil, what was your third book? I didn't have it jotted down, but I'm guessing it was or it was this like a, a while ago book? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've yet to update my um, my website, the books page. So <laughs> it's just a, it's okay. an example. Okay. Um, I'm not drinking my own medicine. I've actually published four books. So my first book was called Windmill Networking, Understanding Leverage, oh. Leveraging and Maximizing LinkedIn back in 2009. And then in 2011, I published Maximizing LinkedIn for Sales and Social Media Marketing, followed by Maximize Your Social 2013, and then The Age of Influence in 2020. And then a new book coming soon. Let's hope, let's hope in 2022 it's out there. Awesome. Well, Neil, I want to thank you so much for your time today. You're our expert on social media strategy, even on this idea of influence marketing. And I think the two go hand in hand, but as you shared at the very top of the show, first and foremost, it's all about marking your objectives, right? Figuring out where your customer is, being consistent, and then also making sure that you're creating enough content And then I think most importantly, this is not a set it and forget it digital way of um, being social. This is something that needs really constant attention, even in terms of keeping up with all the platforms and all of their changes. So really great insights. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us on digital marketing intelligence for startups. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you, Marissa. Have a great day. And I'll remind our audience to connect with you at the end of today's show. 
a wonderful guest, Neil Schaefer. Please connect with him on LinkedIn. And if you want more information about his books, you can go to neilschaefer.com as well. And then check out his podcast. You can find out more about his podcast on his website. Go ahead to neilschaefer.com forward slash podcast. Awesome. Well, you know what? He said a lot of things that I think deep down we know, but I think it was really great to hear from him. Um, just a few things in terms of how these trends really aren't going anywhere and how as a small business or a startup, you can really leverage, I think this was the coolest thing, other people's content, other people's networks, simply by working on building a relationship with somebody like an influencer. Such a cool thing that he pointed out, this idea too, that at the end of the day, he sees better artwork and better photos, right, of certain products and services and things coming from influencers compared to some of the stuff that marketing companies are coming up with. I think that's just that right there, you know, a million, um, what do they say, a, a photo is worth a million words or whatever. That example was a prime example of why if you are a small company or a startup, you should definitely really work to create an influencer type of strategy for your business or your service. Just make sure, as we always say, to be consistent and um, and 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 always uh, kind of check yourself by uh, by auditing your programs. Well, guys, I have just a few more minutes with you, so I do want to share with you our Engage News of the Week. And this week, it's all about e-commerce. So our News of the Week this week is Forrester Consulting recently released a study uncovering insights from more than 220 e-commerce leaders on social commerce strategies. Social commerce, which encourages the discovery and purchase of products via social media channels, is expected to grow at 31.4% compound annual growth rate between 2020 and 2027. So if you're in the world of e-commerce, now is the time to take Neil's advice because this is a trend that is going to continue to grow. The study found that B2C brands are racing to embrace social media as the means to conduct business from discovery to engagement and now to shopping, service, and customer care. The study concluded that in order to get a course for sustained success, companies must move from a revenue-first mindset, and this is what Neil said, to a customer-centric strategy. This means that if you've been listening to our weekly show, you're going to know we stress this every single week. This means meeting your customers where they are, okay, and providing them with an experience that spans the social journey from awareness to purchase to holistic customer care and then engagement. Those that get it right are well positioned to nurture lasting customer relationships, build loyal customers, and realize continued growth. The most effective and efficient way to do this and accelerated social and accelerate social commerce efforts is to utilize best-in-class customer experience tools with integrated social capabilities. Not to toot our horn, but that's what Engage is all about. By sharpening your tool set, especially when it comes to customer care and a social commerce approach, you as a brand will get the competitive edge you need to rapidly grow in this social commerce market. I'm telling you, today's show totally played into our news of the week. And if you are an e-commerce company and maybe you're looking for some help in the world of social strategy or influencer marketing, definitely check out Neil Schaefer for his consulting services. You guys, again, another great show. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And a reminder, if you're just tuning in and maybe you missed most of today's show, that's okay. 
We've got you covered. You can go to engage.com forward slash live dash show dash library. That is where all of our shows will live. We have a live show library and also a podcast library. So if you're just joining us and you're like, shoot, I missed the show on LinkedIn. No problem. We've got you covered. Check out our live show library at engage.com forward slash live show library. That being said, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And I want to remind you to join me next Tuesday, November 16th at 12 p.m. for my guest expert, Carla Johnson. Our topic will be innovation is the key to creating competitive advantage for any business. Carla is a prolific author, keynote speaker, and she will explain how to become innovative in your digital transformation. That is all for today. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. And please feel free to connect with me as well if you have any questions um, about our show, about Engage, or maybe you also have a guest that you think would be a great addition to our live series. You can email me at marissa.m at engage.com. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Marissa, at the Marissa Morgan on LinkedIn. Last reminder to connect with our company, Engage. Help us build our fan base. Help us build our followers on LinkedIn. We can all admit that building a company page online is a lot harder than building a personal page, but there are benefits to just following us on LinkedIn. And one of those benefits is that you'll get notified each week when we go live with our guest experts. So if you're looking for continued education in the digital marketing world, or you're looking for help with tools to grow and scale your business, check out Engage on LinkedIn. Look for the rainbow colored cog. I want to thank you all for joining us. I want to wish you a wonderful rest of your week, and I'll see you back here next week for my show with Carla Johnson. Take care, everybody.